Well, I gave you guys a look at the Atlantic. It's time to give you a look at the Coastal. Why are they not excited about the divisions going away? I could have a hunch, but more importantly than that, feels like the Coastal's up for grabs. Who do you think is going to take that side of the conference? I don't know. Miami's feeling good. Pitt might be feeling better. Could there be a curveball in Duke? I got it for you on today's show. On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you so much for joining me today. We've got a lot to go over. At first, I'd like to thank my friends at LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the college Locked On College network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job at free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. We're rocking and rolling here. Hope you guys have a great start to your week. If you're preparing, you're listening to this on Sunday, whether you're listening to it on Monday, either way it goes. We're super excited to have you here. And I appreciate all the good vibes that you're bringing to the show. We love when you subscribe on YouTube. More importantly, when you leave us comments, you talk about what you like, love, maybe we could do a little bit more of, do without. Either way it goes, we're happy to have you. If you want to listen via any of the audio spaces, you know where to go. Locked on ACC. Type it in the search button and you will find a happy home for you. I got five good co-hosts rocking and rolling with me every single day. The guys do make me look better. So it's always fun. If you haven't checked out the individual ACC shows that we have here, you're doing yourself a disservice. We are going to get the whole conference, an individual show before I leave this place. Hear me clear. I'm going to make sure that all 14, sometimes 15 schools get their own individual show. So let's get right on rolling. We talked a lot about the Atlantic Division. If you missed that episode, you missed a good one. We talked a lot about expectations from the ACC Media Day. But of course, in day two, it was the Coastal's opportunity to take the stage and really give us an inside look at how they felt like their season was going to go. You know, a lot of conversation had been around doing away with divisions, the 3-5-5 model. Of course, you get the reactions from the Coastal coaches who were a lot happier with uh, what it was the Atlantic versus the Coastal, not trying to do away with it because let's be honest, for a long time now, beyond just Pitt last season, which, you know, give or take, there are a lot of reasons for that. The Coastal has always been, I want to say, the ugly stepchild of the Atlantic Coast Conference, the one who couldn't figure it out always, but sometimes you pop in there. You had to pick with somebody to represent for the Coastal, but it was always up in the air and the Coastal seemed to just eat itself. It never was a game where you went in like, yeah, of course, they're going to dominate. And sometimes it would flip on side of his head. Sometimes Duke and Pitt would be a wild one. Sometimes Georgia Tech and Duke would be a wild one. Sometimes Carolina would go in there and tell you that they're trying to be the best team, but then they would crap the bed and they would just figure it out and fall to the flat on their face. Sometimes Virginia would throw their hand in the conversation. For a long time, it was Virginia Tech doing the damn thing. So the wave, the coastal craziness, the coastal chaos – what we've come to know and love about that side of our Atlantic Coast Conference is being done away with. Not to be sad, though. I think there's still a lot of great teams in the Coastal. I personally come from one, if you do not know, went to University of North Carolina Chapel Hill, swam there. So I've gotten to see some really good football. Bring back bring back Butch Davis. I always used to use that hashtag. You know, still one of these days, I would be perfectly fine with Butch taking rank. I mean, we bring back coaches all the time. 
right? So there you have it. I'm going to go into a little bit of what each team talked about throughout ACC Media Days. ACC kickoff is what we like to call it for football. And we started off with none other than the team that I think is going to win the ACC on the coastal side. Don't know how it's going to go for the whole conference, but Miami on deck. So let's start there. Jafari Harvey, Will Mallory, and Tyler Van Dyke joined Mario Cristobal on stage to give us a real inside look at what was going down for the Hurricanes. And let me just say, for someone who's been to ACC Media Days, this is my second year in a row now, the vibe of Manny Diaz to Mario Cristobal is drastically different, right? Mario harped on the fact that they did away with the turnover chains, RIP turnover chains. If you don't know, historically, Miami is one to start some culture trends. They start the energy of doing things to celebrate, you know, big turnovers, big point exchanges, all those good things. So the turnover chain came to be, it was actually a heavy ass chain that, you know, teams would get, the Miami Hurricanes would get once they made a big play. Got to get turnover. They put it on the guy's head, over the guy's head. You rock it out. You get ready for the next play. Cool, cool, cool. It worked until it didn't because you had less and less turnovers. The team wasn't doing as well as they wanted to defensively. And all that to say, it became more of a distraction in some people's eyes than it did a reward necessarily or a reason to engage or get the team hyped. Cool. So you enter Mario Cristobal's era, who made it very plain and clear that he was doing away with the turnover chain. And so, of course, Miami fans or people who covered the team very closely came out the gate saying, listen, what's the deal? Explain a little bit more. And he said, listen, no disrespect. That was that era. I'm ushering in a new opportunity for guys to get hype and excited about this program, which on the positive side, listen, it's your program. You do what you do. You're used to having a system on how it's going and people fall in order for that. I have no problem with that. I do say I hope to see some sort of fun energy from Miami throughout the season. Flashy, whether it's just walking with their head held high, shoulders back, and it's because they're getting some wins, right? It's cool to walk around like your itch don't stink, but it's even better (laughs) when you're actually picking up some dubs on Saturdays. So I think that's what Mario's maybe trying to do. The winning will speak for itself. Winning is fun. It'll be exciting. You can wear as many chains as you want. Get some NIL deals. You can figure it out. So the winning is the most important thing for Mario. And he made that very present. My guy is all about business. You could just tell from his energy out the gate, he was not playing. Everything he said was very stern. This is what it is. Very matter of fact. That's how Mario came off to me. At the end of the day, I'm all about anybody who's ready to say, you needed some discipline. You needed some structure. We've got it now. Do I think it lasts for a Miami team that's looking to also bring the swagger that was of the 90s, early 2000s? We'll see, right? It'll be, Of course, it'll work when they win. Of course, we'll start nitpicking it if it doesn't. So for now, we'll just say it's rolling. We talked to Jafari, Hart, Jafari Harvey and his relentless effort. He was ready to go saying, he first of all, he has a love for snakes, which is very interesting. You know, you don't meet too many people who have a love for reptiles, but he said the snake is always ready to strike. And that's how he you know, mirrors his defense to be always ready to go. And I think he's going to be one of the names to watch similar to how we gave high praises above a Bolden last season. I think Harvey is definitely going to be in the conversation when it comes to making all ACC defense teams long season ago, but certainly has the pedigree to do so. 
Will Mallory, a tight end who is arguably one of the better tight ends in the conference, certainly has a natural natural confidence about him, but he matches that energy from the quarterback that has been one of the biggest names here in our conference this year, and that's Tyler Van Dyke, a guy who last season I talked a lot of junk about him going into the NC State game, saying how in the world can he possibly you know, emulate what De'Ara King was doing. And not only did he do that, he's passed that beyond. I said, all right. Walk the walk, talk the talk. You talk all the junk, but he backed it up. And even going to this, even going into this media day, I was looking for maybe some of that swagger to come out, maybe some of that confidence, flashiness. It didn't, but it was a guy who definitely was sure about himself and just ready to go. I think for Miami, it's a team that we're just ready to finally quote unquote bring it back, but because we're actually doing the work on the field. So you can just tell they're more of, all right, enough talk, enough excitement about our coaches, enough excitement about who we're bringing in and transfers and all that kind of stuff. Like, let's just play the game, which, hey, you guys are my pick to win the Coastal. Crazier things have happened, but you never know. I'm not doubting you. I'm not holding my breath either, if that makes sense. I'm I'm ready for Miami to have a good season for the fact that Miami is due for a good season. And we desperately need our teams with big brands to have a good year. We talked till at nauseum about NIL, we talk ad nauseum about realignment, and it's always better when the good teams do well. Those with strong and very vocal fan bases say what's up. So looking to see a good one for Miami. I always give a shout out. If you have not yet followed Locked on Canes podcast, Alex Dono does an amazing job over there. So make sure you check that out. Now, as I move on to the next teams here, I want to remind you guys that as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people that you want to interview faster and for free. Create free job posts in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. I know people think LinkedIn is out, maybe outdated or whatever. When I tell you people sleep on it, they do. The same way people are sleeping on Duke football, they are sleeping on LinkedIn. It's a great opportunity to network, throw your resume out there, shoot your shot. LinkedIn will have it ready for you. And if you want to post a job, if you're someone who's looking to get some really good candidates, LinkedIn is the way to go. LinkedIn jobs helps you find them easy and fast. And every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. In. Post your job for free right now, LinkedIn.com slash locked on. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So, rocking and rolling here, ACC locked on ACC podcast, name of my show, Candace Cooper, ready to roll. Talking to you about all the coastal teams from ACC Media Day, North Carolina one that's near and dear to my heart. I hate how many people buy into Mac Brown and the team every single year because they overhype them a little bit. They get really excited, and then I get excited. I get, I, I'm get, i here. You've convinced me that, damn it, I need to buy in. But I always tell you, temper expectations. Until they do something worth getting excited and talking about, maybe just play it cool. Mac Brown this year, when someone asked him about being overrated last season, he was like, hell yeah, we were overrated and didn't back it up. This year we're underrated and maybe we'll just do a little bit of something. Listen, I prove me wrong. I'm ready. I'm ready to have that, you know what? I was wrong all along about you guys. I'm so sorry. I'm okay to say, I'm okay to apologize. I don't know about it right now, but I will say bright spots. Okay. Mac Brown, who said the team had the team's three, Key points for this season, passion, accountability, and toughness. 
Now, do I think that this team lacked that last season? Absolutely. And they did too. But for me, if you don't have passion, if you don't really want it, why are you playing at the Division One level? Why are you playing at the Power Five Conference? Why are you playing in a place like Carolina? If you don't hold yourself accountable, let alone hold your teammates accountable, if you're all about, let me just do my job and that's it, not going to go very far because we know great teams are player-led teams. It's only so much that you can do in doing your own job. If you can't elevate the person next to you, it's going to be tough. Speaking of tough, toughness, man, Sam Howell, very tough. Can anyone be just like Sam in terms of toughness, maybe doing too much about for yourself, but could he count on his other teammates because they weren't accountable? Who knows? Did they lack passion? I don't know. So many questions that I left with <laughs> last season. I'm hoping to get some answers this year. Drake May, Jacoby Criswell, two quarterbacks competing for the starting job. He didn't name it, obviously didn't bring them either for notable reasons, because why answer the questions similar to like Jordan Travis and Mackenzie Milton last year? Why bring two quarterbacks that are going to basically say they have what it takes to lead the team? Just let me know on game day. Ready to go. <laughs> let me know by August who is going to be at the helm. Cool. Yeah, British Brooks step up, Cedric Gray, Cedric Gray, and then a man of the hour, of course, Josh Downs. For me, British Brooks, the running back who started to have come into himself last season behind time behind Ty Chandler. There it is. I think British Brooks been there long enough. He definitely has what it takes. The confidence thing. I hope to see more of that. I know everyone's not a really well, you know, and people. Some people aren't the greatest speakers. He did what he had to do. I think he convinced me. I don't need to be convinced from your words. I'm ready to see action, right? Cedric Gray, another guy who's had a really strong year. Ray Vahasek, who is going to be an excellent defender. Listen, cool. You learned a lot from Chad Surratt. You learned a lot from Jeremiah Gimmel. Just show me. Give me something to believe in. That's where I'm ready to see it. Josh Downs, of course, a Blitnikoff Award watch list. He also has all the talent to be one of the best here that's ever played at Carolina, I'm ready to see it. <laughs> I'm ready just to keep getting excited year in and year out about consistency from Carolina. You have all the pieces, you got all the coaches, you let go of Bateman's defensive coordinator. Like there's all the reasons to be successful. Just show me. I don't want to see nothing else. I don't want to talk about nothing else over it. <laughs> I picked you guys to end in the middle of the pack in the coastal. <sighs> I'd rather be, I hope I'm wrong. I hope you guys shock me. I hope I'm literally talking about you like I talked about Hubert Davis and the boys. I hope you guys shock me and I'm walking away feeling like, damn, I was so wrong about this. I cannot wait to be so wrong about this team. But for now, middle of the pack, coach team. Next, moving on. All right, let's talk about Pitt, Coach Pat Narduzzi. You also had Deslin Alexander, Savassier Dennis, and Carter Warren take the stage to talk to us a little bit about what went down for them in the offseason and how they are prepping to repeat as ACC champions. And I said over and over again, I really feel like Pitt is probably the most slept-on championship team that we've had in a while. Because for Clemson, it was like, oh, repeat, reload. It's what we do. Like, oh, Florida State, of course, we're on the national stage. Like, that's who we are. And so for Florida State, I mean, for Pitt, it just seemed very strange to me how everyone's just like, oh, what's well, new season? You're barely mentioning the team that already did it. The team that did it exactly one year ago. Yes, you lose Kenny Pickett, but at the same time, that defense has gotten better. Deslin Alexander stayed for a reason. Sarasi and Dennis stayed for a reason. They have the capabilities to be a really good defensive team. They got a year older. And then you look at um, Bartholomew on the 
offensive side, really good tight end. I personally think he's one of the best in the game. I also think the loss of Jordan Addison is going to be difficult, but not impossible to get over, right? They definitely have horses in the stable. I thought it was interesting how Keaton Slovis isn't automatically the starting quarterback and he is going to have to earn his spot. So that was one thing where I just assumed coming out of USC, he was transferring for a reason. But I get, you know, leaving a little meat on the bone, making us want to really be invested in the Panthers is fine. Fine, Coach Narduzzi. I'm all about it. I think it was very telling for Coach to speak very negatively towards NIL conversation in terms of it being the wild, wild west. But for obvious reasons, I'm sure that he's wanted teams, wanted teammates, wanted his athletes to buy into being loyal to programs, right? Making sure that you continue to get better where you're at. After a while, he really harped on has many transferred. You transfer so many times, you lose the credits. Are you going to graduate? Like we're, we're getting away from what we're trying to do here as universities. So I agree with that. But you don't want to get me started on the in-out conversation. I actually and I'm so annoyed that we continue to talk about this because at the end of the day, let the boys get money, figure it out. NCAA had an opportunity to figure it out. And they did it. So that's the biggest issue that I have with them. Well, actually, more than one. But either either way it goes, I think Carter Warren and the offensive line, they said they're best buddies. They're veteran leaders. I think when you look at offensive lines, especially in our Coastal Conference, if you have a solid one, you can help your quarterback as long as you can. As strong as defenses are going to be this year, it's going to be critical for them to step up in a big way for one of the only programs who has a new quarterback. Jumping down to Virginia, Tony Elliott, new coach in the building. And listen, for me, one of the best quotes of the day, be present where your feet are. He talks a lot about being engaged and really enjoying coming to Virginia with talking to the athletic director, Miss Carla, saying, listen, I've bought into what is going to be a very special program when it's all said and done. And Tony Elliott talked about the decision between Duke and Virginia and ultimately deciding on Virginia. There's a lot to be said for him finally leaving, you know, Clemson and just taking on a head coaching role. I think Virginia is one of the best universities in the country for many reasons, academically, athletically. I think you get a very well-rounded unit there. So for him to finally take that step and decide that he wanted to be the guy, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out. He touched a lot about his relationship with Coach Dabo Sweeney and how at one time it was more father-son and has Definitely blossomed into more mentor-mentee relationship. And I know that Coach Dabo certainly wishes him well and has given him resources and you know confidence to fly. But this is very much Tony Elliott's team. And you can just tell by the guys from Brennan Armstrong down to Keaton Thompson, they bought in to what Coach is doing. They bought into a system that probably is a little more difficult, you know, trying to learn new schemes and all that good stuff. But Keaton Thompson has been focusing on the wide receiver position. It's one that Tony Elliott knows very well. So staying on his tail as much as possible to try and help elevate his game. And I think that's going to be very much telling this season. Nick Jackson, one of the best linebackers in our conference, certainly had vote of confidence going into this year about where he wants to take that Virginia defense because a lot has been on Brennan in the offense, but certainly not one to sleep on Virginia's defense. So a lot of positives going that way, in my opinion, for the Cavaliers. I have them finishing on the higher groups, on the higher tier for coastal finishes. So 
I'm feeling good about Virginia. I think Tony Elliott is going to do well when he's there, when it's all said and done. So we'll end with the final three teams that we're talking with during the coastal conversation of ACC Media Day. My favorite team that I've grown to love and throw out there that everyone keeps looking at me wide-eyed and crazy every time I mention them possibly having a more surprising season than most people are thinking. But hell, Coach Elko and the Duke Blue Devils are giving me 2014 vibes. Not to where they're going to be in stellar but they're going to do just enough and they're going to be on a bigger stage than we've seen the past couple of years. We're talking with Dwayne Carter and Shaka Hayward and Jacob Monk. You could just tell, I mean, not for nothing. We already know the guys are brilliant. You go to Duke, but for what it is in terms of being slept on, they understand you pretty much write Duke off when you talk about football in so many regards. And it was warranted. I mean, they did not, they have not had good seasons for a good minute now, but a lot of that started at the top. So getting rid of what was a coach who, to me, was coaching beyond his past his time, past his era, it's now refreshing to see a coach really engaged in social media, really engaged in talking with fans, and really engaged in play, his players, talking mostly about being impressed with the guys who decided to stay, who decided to you know return and go under his leadership? I think it says a lot, especially when you in an era where everyone can just transfer and go wherever. It said a lot about those players to stick around and want to see something good out of this Duke program. To get your degree from Duke is one thing. To get your degree and not only try and make the legacy of Duke football a little bit better, can't knock it, right? So here we are, looking at the Blue Devils. I said they're going to win six games or more. Everyone's calling me crazy. Crazier things have happened, and I'm okay with everyone sending me an apology comment when it does. Okay, I have a lot of bets going on right now from Locked On host, Locked On Simmons host, Drizzy Drake, who who is a co-host on the Friday show with Locked On Wolfpack host Kenton Gibbs, who's on the Monday show. All the guys who have me on their podcast, hey, when you bring me back, just know six wins by Duke. I don't want to hear. I want my I want my immediate flowers. That's what I'm saying. Immediate delivery. Maybe an edible arrangement or two. That, that would be fine by me. All right, let's jump to Georgia Tech. Jeff Collins, who, again, I've always said, even in my first media day, Jeff just has that energy that makes you want to run through a wall. He understands what's at stake. He understands that it hasn't looked like what the players have been through, you know, when it comes to the Georgia Tech program. But he's given the Joel Embiid approach trust the process. Had they always gotten better between the wins and loss column? Not necessarily. But have they gotten better as a team? He would say so. He would say guys have learned and developed and it's a really a high time that things all just come together and do for a good season. Now being in Atlanta, we all know NIL is thriving out there, but they added 27 players since spring football. Let me tell you, 27 players since spring football began, saying a lot about where Georgia Tech felt like it was and where it needs to be, right? Dante Smith coming in, trying to fill that void of Jameer Gibbs, going to be challenging. Jeff Sims, knowing he has all it takes to be good, my Lord. But we just need him to get that done. We had Leonard, the tight end, come in and really just talk about the change from offensively trying to just adjust to what is, uh, trusting that process. But I'm, again, hopeful that Georgia Tech does just enough to where it keeps Jeff Collins around. But if it isn't, 
it might be time to change a change of the guards. It just might be. Coaching hot list, hot seat watch list. Jeff could be on there because you have the talent. You've lost some good guys that could definitely put Georgia Tech on the map. Let's see what happens this year. Final team here to discuss. The one who had the most energy was Coach Pry. You also had Dax Holyfield, Caleb, Caleb Smith, and Silas Dezanzi. Listen, Coach Pry, country's accent I heard all day. Feeling it. Love it personally. Ala enjoyed someone who knew they were the last team to go for the entire media day and still and still brought it. Rang it. Woo. Still brought it. Still was ready to go. Still was excited about his team and where the Hokies are going. He's been a part of Beamer Ball. He understands what it's like to be successful in Blacksburg, playing in Lane Stadium, and all of that good energy. And how can you not get excited about that for the Hokies there? Still looking for that quarterback to take them to the next level. But if you can just give me the Virginia Tech of old, if you can give me a little, little razzle-dazzle in that defense, I might can have some hope for you. Don't think it'll happen in year one, but crazier things have happened, correct? I think as long as guys are having fun at this point for Virginia Tech, that would be a step in the right direction. I mean, how can you never not have fun playing in Lane Stadium? But let's also keep it a band. They got a long way to go. They got a lot to read. A lot has to turn. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube and you see my arm shake, there's a lot has to turn here for Virginia Tech. Justin Fuentes left them in a very awkward position, knowing that you have the talent, but utilizing that talent. I mean, at the end of the day, it's Power Five. It's D1 football. Everybody is good, or you have a coach that helps you be great. I think that's the biggest thing, is sometimes it's not about the X's and O's. Sometimes it's about the want to, the heart, the passion, the accountability, the toughness. Sometimes it's just about sacking up and getting the job done. Hopefully we see that from the Coastal this year. Hopefully it's not too much of an up and down. If you blink, you'll miss the rankings because they're always shifting. Either there's going to be one horse riding out sunset and saying, this is mine for taking, everybody else just catch up. Or it's going to be a little lot of everything. I don't know. I, this is probably the most unpredictable times of the Coastal, if there's ever been a predictable time for the Coastal. But I really, I can't call it. I want Pitt to repeat, sure, but I also like Miami to give them a chance. I also like, of course, being in home or North Carolina to get in the conversation. But Virginia Tech, I really want Tony Elliott to do well, you know, for obvious reasons. So there's so many things, so many storylines you can go with. Overall, though, the Coastal did not love the idea of doing away with divisions for obvious reasons because, again, you always have a chance in the Coastal. Atlantic has been pretty top-heavy for a while. But when the divisions go away, I just hope some of these teams can use this year to truly elevate their program so they can be in a good position for this 355 model. So I have all that for you. Make sure you follow at LockedOnACC on Twitter. You can follow me at Candace Cooper on Twitter. Talk to me. Let me know what you're thinking about the show. So much to go. How are you not excited? Five weeks to go for football. It's going to be a great season. Hit me back. Give me some feedback, what you're looking to listen to, what you want to focus on going into the season. I will give you a rundown of how shows will go a little bit later on as we head into our five-day-a-week model. For now, we're on three-day, quote-unquote, vacation. We're going to write that out, and then we'll get ready for what should be and will be a really good time for the ACC forever, how long we have it, for however long we have all these schools together. We'll make it fun. For Candace Cooper, hope you have a great day. Until next time.